Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always is my good friend and co-host, NFL draft analyst, Ryan Roberts. And the Senior Bowl is now behind us, which means it's time for us to start revealing our position rankings. Everybody's starting to put out their top 50s. Everybody's starting to put out their top fives, top tens for each individual position groups. And we're going to kick things off with offensive tackles on today's show. We normally in the past have only done top fives, but the way that we're going to do uh, for this show, for this this draft cycle, we're going to do our top tens. There's a possibility some of these position groups, we might not go as deep as 10 just because uh, they get pretty Pretty ugly, pretty quick. I, I'm trying to think, Ryan, there might be a couple that we might even have UDFAs on those top, top 10. Top 10 centers, right? Like if we, if we break up interior offensive linemen into centers and guards, we'll definitely have well, UDF, that, UDFAs as centers. That one I was going to keep together anyways, but like right. tight end, there's a possibility that number 10 could have a UDFA grade or a PFA grade. Yeah, but, but Joe... This is the reason you come to this show, right? Is that we're yeah. diving in to the day three to the PFAs because at right. the end of it, every single year, you look at these rosters and say 70 something percent are made up of day three and priority free agents and UDFAs, right? right? So, yeah, man, let's dive deep. Let's dive deep in this process. We're Top all, 10 long snappers. Also, I don't know if they'll all agree shut either, up, but yeah. We're also not afraid to give PFA grades. Apparently, people just give draftable grades to anybody with a with a pulse yes. these days. Uh, but second or third round, we'll, dra- second or third round grades actually not even. Uh, uh, we're not even getting into that. <laughs> uh, kids and offensive linemen too, ironically. All right. So as I mentioned, we're going to start with our top tens. Uh, we're just yep. going to rattle off uh, number ten through six, and then we're going to really dive deep and break down and alternate as we've done in the past. Brian, I want to start us off here with my 10 through 6. Number 10 for me, Patrick Paul from Houston. Number 9, Blake Fisher, Notre Dame. Uh, Number 8, Roger Rosengarten from Washington. Number 7, Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. And then number 6, Kingsley Somatea from BYU. Any quick thoughts? We have... I, I will say this, Joe, is that all the players that you mentioned are in my top 10, except for the lone outlier there is Blake Fisher from Notre Dame. I knew that I, was coming. I struggle with him so much, Joe. I struggle with him so much, man. I, I did really too. Do. That's I, why like, I felt, I told you this, there was one guy who was in my top 10 that I like, look, I pulled it up and we were discussing like our show yep. plan. And I'm like, oh, why is he in there? And he <laughs> kind of just snuck his way in. I, 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 I see why he was a former top 
or a five-star recruit and a top recruit in his class. But like, as you're talking yeah. about his, his length and his consistency is just really bad and his lack of power really shows up. So I agree with you, but I, I think he's well-rounded. I think he could start in the NFL. I think he could start. You know, what was a weird thing about Blake Fisher is he was about 325 to 330 pounds as a sophomore in 2022. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to lose a ton of weight as a junior because I think he was, you know, I think he had NFL in the back of his mind and he was like, I don't want to be projected into guard. I want to make sure that I stay a tackle. And he dropped all the way down to like 310 pounds this past year. So he lost like 15 to 20 pounds. And I actually did hurt him, man. Like, I don't know if yeah. it improved his flexibility so much that I was like, well, cool, flexibility up, but power way down. Like the the best parts of Blake Fisher in 2022 was his ability to be a drive blocker and to be dominant at times in the run game with the physicality and the just natural size that he brought to the table. And I don't know, man, his 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 profile is just very funky to me. I'm, I'm inter- he's one of the guys offensive lineman wise that I am most looking forward to seeing what he comes in at at the combine. Like, is he back up yeah. to the 320-plus range? Is he still down near 310 because he's trying to prove that he's an offensive tackle? No no question. He's a very interesting evaluation. Very interesting evaluation. Yeah, he's um, – why am I blanking on the the guard with the 49ers? Why am I blanking on his name? Aaron the Banks. Former Notre Dame player. Aaron Banks. Aaron, Aaron, yeah. it, 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 for some reason, it kind of reminded me of Aaron Banks, where Aaron Banks gets drafted late and also like wasn't like a super exciting prospect. And has he been a good pro? He, he didn't get Not drafted really. late. He didn't get drafted yeah. late. Aaron oh, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking yeah. of um, – Man, there's just so many random Notre Dame offensive linemen that are just in the NFL. But are you Banks, Robert Hainsey? Robert Hainsey. Yeah, I'm thinking of Hainsey who who kind of stuck around for a very brief period of time. But with it kind of reminds me of Banks where recognizable name goes where he does, hasn't exactly been great in the NFL, is probably going to get replaced this offseason, but has started a good amount of time. I feel like Blake Fisher kind of fits that for me and why I'm not surprised he got on here. I'm also not in love with it, and I also would not be shocked if as this process continues and I watch more tackles in the later rounds, I don't end up finding somebody uh, to push ahead of them. Who is your uh, 10 through 6? So in descending order, is is that is it descending? No, it would be ascending order, right? Because I'm going from larger yeah, to small. Yeah, it's ascending. Okay. Yeah, it's ascending. A, in ascending order, number 10, same one as you, Patrick Paul, Houston. I was not a fan, but there, there we are. Number nine, Karan Amagaji from Yale for me. Uh, Number eight, Kingsley Sumatea from BYU. Number seven, JC Latham. I'm higher on Kingsley. <laughs> I don't know if you're higher. Your order is a little bit different. Well, how, how, I mean, well, that, de- no, no, no. We're talking about value versus evaluation, though. Well, okay. yes, but what, what's the round grade is a better question as far as what, what um, you have on Kingsley Sumatea? Because I have a firm second round grade on Kingsley. I had an early second on him. Oh, so you actually are a little bit higher. Just a yeah, little, just a touch. Yeah. Just a touch. Okay. All right. So you said JC and then who, JC okay. Latham at seven from Alabama. And then number six for me is Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Let's let's hit on Tyler Guyton really quick because yes. um, he is a popular name right now. I still see a world where he could sneak into the end of the first round, be early second. Um, I, I mean, the traits are all there. Tall, long, former tight end. Uh, we, we talked yep. about him during the Senior Bowl week. Just a little light in the ass. I, I think it's kind of funny. We're going to talk about Joe Alton a little bit where 
we knew who Joe Alt was and we knew that he was a really good player. But one of the things we were hoping for is bulk up his lower half, bulk up his, his, his upper body and his arms, and he would really solidify himself. I think Tyler Guyton is where Joe Alt was coming into the season this summer. So, you know, Guyton could get there. Maybe it takes an offseason. Maybe some of this combine prep helps him get bulked up because for those that don't know, it's a, you're with a nutritionist, you're with a strength coach, you're with an O-line coach for four months. And that's plenty of time to like really get rocked up and muscular. And we could probably get to see it at the combine. Um, but I, yeah. I, I think it's good. He's got value. He's got, he's got pretty good value for the position. There's a chance that he's one of the top three to four players in this class long term if his if he hits, right? I mean, there's just a yeah. little bit of volatility to Tyler Guyton, in my opinion, at this point, because I think it's valued to where he's being projected, Joe. I'm 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 not ready to do what you just did and say, I'm willing to bet that he has a chance to go in the late first, early second round. He is going. I'm talking in absolute now. He's going in the first round. So we all need to just come oh. to terms with it. He is going to be a first round pick. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes top 20. I wouldn't be shocked about it one little bit because you can't teach 6'7". You can't teach 328 with a very easy frame to add more weight potentially. You can't teach the length and you can't teach the foot quickness. There are things that worry the heck out of me with Tyler Guyton. Specifically, the bend in his hips, experience, and a little bit of frantic playing, I guess, for lack of a better mm. word. The guy's just a little bit out of control right now, and I don't think the game has slowed down a ton. But the athletic profile, combined with working with Coach Bedenbaugh down in Oklahoma for the last two years, Joe, I, I think he's going to be a first-round pick for sure. I think he could go top 20. So I have a second-round grade on him, a early second-round grade, because I see the upside, I see the potential, I see the profile. But he would scare me, especially early on in the career. This is a little bit of a volatile player, in my opinion. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for fifty percent off your first. Deposit that is a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I agree with all that. I actually have a, I have an early third on him. So I'm a little bit, a little bit more cooler on, I, I just don't want to get like super, I understand the projection and his ceiling. I just don't want to get super gung ho because there's a theoretic possibility that a guy like that doesn't fill out. Again, I always bring up with players like this, Matt Pert, who looked really good in his first season. And, and then as soon as he was asked to like really strengthen himself, it never happened. So uh, yeah. as a Giants fan, I was sorely disappointed. I'm going to start us off, Ryan, with our okay. uh, top fives. My number five offensive tackle, Marius Mims, six foot seven, wow. 340 pounds. 
massive, massive football player, late first round grade for me. Played sparingly because of injury this year. And then the previous season, he was uh, just sneaking his way into the lineup, has a fantastic run during their national championship run in 2022. And you noticed that the minute that he was unavailable for games this season, that their offensive line play, it, it didn't plummet, but it went down. You know, you noticed that there was not as much cohesion. The SEC championship game is a really good example that he was not available and they really, really struggled. This is a guy, though, that despite not playing a ton, is just a natural. We talked about this during the mailbag. He is so natural at the position, not having a lot of experience which makes me really optimistic that he eventually becomes a really good starting left or right tackle in the NFL. He's so new that you could plug him into either spot. The type of player with the base that he's going to lock down guys very, very easily. Uh, Very strong physical player. I think that there's absolutely a need to refine his technique and to refine his body angles and his, his, uh, his steps and run blocking. But if you can make those advancements, he could be one of those guys that just bursts onto the scene and has a really, really good rookie season as he learns and improves uh, as he's playing more and more in the NFL. I'm going to go more in depth on Amarius Mims in a little bit here. No, no, no. Do it. This, do, it na- do it now. Do it now? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what... I, I hate do that. Do it now. Because no, no, no. this is what's going to no, happen, no, wait, You're, you're, you're no, going to no, be no, talking always... about him, and then you'll be like, wait, wait, who was your four? And then I'll be like, it was Amarius Mims. They'll be like, oh, you told me that 10 minutes ago, even though I still got no, to talk we, about five. And, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, better, the better flow, so we're not going backwards, is... I, lo- I love it when we, when we peel the curtain back and we, we break down sure. the flow of the show as we're going... Yes. Let's talk about Mims. Let's talk about guys when they come up. And then when we get to where he is on your list, just say where he is on your list. Okay. Amarius Mims, Joe, is a freak show. You do not find guys that look like this often. There are a couple guys on the list in general that are going to be about the equal size. I mentioned Patrick Paul, who weighed in at six foot seven, 330 pounds. I just mentioned Tyler Guyton, who was six foot seven, 328 pounds at the Reese Senior Bowl. But not, neither one of those guys look quite like Amarius Mims, dude. He is just one of the freakiest offensive tackle prospects that I have ever seen in my in the years of doing this now. I mean, mm. this kid has body beautiful, first guy off the bus type of look to him. The power and the core strength that he has is just remarkable. It's remarkable. When, you, when a player is even able to get inside of his frame – even if even if Amari Smims doesn't have the best body positioning and the best inside positioning of, of all time with his hands, he still doesn't get he doesn't get drove him back. You just can't move this young man. 2022 film against Ohio State against two future edge players in the NFL, JT Toimolau, Jack Sawyer. It was like child's play, man. It was yeah. like a grown man against a high schooler. That's what it looked like in that football game. You couldn't move him. Now he is a gamble in the sense that he hasn't played almost at all. I mean, he started a, co- a few games this year, started last like three three games of 2022. He just hasn't played a ton. And offensive line is a position where you want experience. You want guys that have been battle tested, had rep after rep after rep, because it is not easy, man. It is not an easy to play on the NFL level, especially playing right tackle, maybe left tackle. I mean, he has that type of upside to him. If you told me five years from now that Amarius Mims was the best offensive tackle in the 2024 NFL draft class, 
I wouldn't think you were absurd. I would not think you're absurd. I would think that that is very possible. He has that type of upside. Now his floor is not as high on a, as a couple guys on this list because he just hasn't yeah. played a ton. But man, if this kid hits, he can be an all pro. He can be a superstar. First round grade, firm middle first round grade for me. That could be higher. The best of Amarius Mims is is all pro level. The worst is that he just hasn't played. It's not even like it's bad film. It's just that there's games where you just literally don't see him because he isn't playing. <laughs> he just hasn't right. played enough, man. It is just such a right. bizarre thing to watch. So bizarre. Right. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, you put your you invest your money into a stock and you're like, man, I feel really good about this. Like, there's no way that this doesn't work out, but there's still that chance because it's not a sure thing that this completely poops out and it just doesn't it just doesn't work out. It's also possible he could be a little yep. injury prone. I mean, he he was pretty banged up possible. this year and I don't know if that's, you know, in his cards and it's kind of it's kind of always hard to predict if a guy ends up being injury prone or, or not, but I I hope that's not the case. But yeah, Marius Mims is is such a fun player. E- the only reason why I have him at 5 is just cuz he hasn't played a lot and I, I don't want to get yep. like too crazy into the hype on a guy like this that has played has he even played 10 games? Has he played I, I'm not even I- I, I don't believe so. I, I'm so bullish on him, Joe, that honestly, I still wanted to try to get him higher. But when I'm talking about a film grade and an upside grade kind of formulated together, his film grade is just not high enough right now for me to comfortably say he's over Olu Fashanu and Talise Fuwaga. Like, he just hasn't played enough, man. So it's a tough conversation. But if we're talking about just pure upside, he's at least number two. Maybe number one, though. I mean, like he has that type of conversation for me. This kid is a special talent. Now, when he gets more reps under his belt, mm-hmm. plays a little bit more consistent inside hands, plays with a little bit more consistent explosiveness all out of his step, um, out of his stance. Excuse me. I think that this kid has special traits. It's just about getting experience. And unfortunately for him, offensive tackle is not the best place <laughs> to get thrown into the fire early right, on in the NFL. Right. But I actually kind of want that to happen because I think that he has the athletic ability, the intangibles, the skill set to come out on the other side, a excellent offensive tackle. Number, Number five, five for you. me. Yes. Roger Rosengarten from Washington was my last oh, wow. on list of early second round grade for me. Roger Rosengarten early second round. So he just slightly edged out Tyler Guyton because I think the film right now is a lot better than Tyler Guyton. This young man, is not as explosive as a couple guys in this list. He's not as explosive as Tyler Guyton. He's not as explosive as Olufashanu. He's not explosive as a couple of these guys that I already talked about a little bit. But what he is, is that kid is just smooth as butter, man. Like out of his stance, incredibly efficient, good foot quickness. He understands angles. He understands hand usage and pass protection. He understands secondary hand usage and pass protection. This kid is a ready-made pass protector in the NFL. I think there's still a bit of ways to go from a run game perspective because I still think he needs to add just core strength and power to his profile. I think it's sufficient right now. It's good enough, but I think that it could still get a whole lot better and he become more of an asset in the run game. But for me, this kid's a starting offensive tackle in the NFL early in his career. I mean, I've comped him to Mitchell Schwartz in the past. I still feel good about that. It was really cool to see him down at the Senior Bowl, Joe, because he had a great week, very underrated week, but also... He didn't just play right tackle all week. You got to see him at left tackle, and he looked just as good at left as he did right at at times during the week, man. So Mm -hmm. this is a starting offensive tackle early on in his career. 
early second round grade for me. I think that he would probably go in the top 50 picks or so, somewhere probably in the early day two range, potentially. But I just think he's a starting offensive tackle in the NFL. And I'm a big fan of Roger Rosengarten out of Washington. I I knew you liked him. I didn't know that we were going to get uh, him in your top five. I I like Roger Rosengarten too. I had um, more of an early three on him. I I think he's a great, strong football player, as you said, just super consistent, super steady. I mean, just because I'm lower on his grade, though, doesn't mean I don't think that he's going to be a good... I I think there's going to be a lot of guys that go... There's a potential for a lot of those guys that we mentioned as day day two picks that end up being really good starters. So I'm not... I don't hate it. I understand why before we started taping, you said that you had (laughs) something that was going to piss people off. And I think that that's probably going to bother some people that you're going to share this graphic and and it's going to be like... Who this guy got well, his ass kicked in the national championship that's, game? That's the one, like, man. Okay. I, I've I've yeah. already seen it, Joe. Like there's going to be a this lot of guy, people there. This guy, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Because <laughs> people that that aren't watching a bunch of games of Roger Rosengarten, the only game that they yeah. might be familiar with for the most part is the Michigan game, right? So like, and I understand that. I understand that a lot of people are going to look at that and be like, I saw him against Michigan, and he had a couple really rough reps. And I'll just be like, I, I get it, but like for the most part of the game. He played pretty well. Yeah, he had a couple bad reps in the game, but like he was mostly good against Michigan. Just a couple of the worst reps got highlighted, and he has just been good plus the last two years, man. And at the end of the day, the previous, I mean, how many games did he ended up playing? It was probably like previous 25 plus games that he's started at Washington were really good. So I'm sorry that the one yeah. game that you watched wasn't up to your standard, but that kid's good. And then he went down to the senior bowl, and I think he showcased why some people need because he's going to go a lot earlier than people think i saw somebody say oh yeah man, he's going to be a good value on day three guys roger no, is not, not going day, on day three day, i'm telling you yeah, i promise you no absolutes unless there's a a medical red flag that pops up late that no one knows about roger rosengarten is going to go pretty early on day two i would be surprised if he gets out of the second round it, and i would not be shocked if he starts as a rookie it plays into the, by the way, just random side note where we, yep. we just got to be cognizant of the time because you and I got to get to a meeting after this. Um, yes. But yeah. we, uh, it, it plays hilariously into what happens on social media where a lot of people, I think a lot of our listeners are pretty good at just being interested in hearing a different perspective and just kind of listening to it, which is why yep. those people tend to stick around. But a lot of times when you get on Twitter, when people just kind of look at a quick list you share, those people tend to as you're talking about, they happen to have seen a particular player play in one game and their opinion has been solidified without actually, you know, there's a difference between watching a player in a game and seeing a few reps or a number of reps or a number of highlight plays or going and watching a highlight cut up compared to actually watching, breaking down the film, uh, evaluating very specific areas of players game. So that's why you're higher on and grading a player and not just relying solely on that, the Texas game. All right, I'm going to get to my number four. Well, okay, I say this real quick. Real quick. I just want to save us. I'm saving I mean, us we're gonna, a little we're bit gonna, time. We're going to be I'm late for meeting. I'm saving us time. <laughs> I'm saving us time by telling tell you. Tell Keegan why we're late. I'm saving us time if you would stop talking and telling Go you ahead. that number four is Amarius Mims. I already went in depth on him, so okay. we can move to your guy now. Yes. Okay. Number four is Amarius Mims, and I had a feeling you were going to say that. Okay. Number four for me was Olu Fashanu from Penn State. Okay. Look, I love Olu Fashanu, and I think that he's good. has strong potential to be a good starting tackle in the NFL. I think that he has, uh, for me, he's a, he's a late mid first round grade for me. 
Um, very flexible, unbelievably flexible. Moves really, really well. I love his his ability to mirror. I think this is a guy that is going to be a high level pass protector in the NFL. Uh, the flexibility, the athleticism for the position, I think, could be on display during the NFL Combine. The one thing that I was a little bit iffy on why I don't have him graded as like my top two tackle like we had in the preseason, like some people did, I needed to see his run game improve. I needed to see him as a run blocker improve. And he stayed exactly the same. A lot of inconsistent, messy angles. Does not do a very good job of uh, staying low and like really driving guys out. That yep. stuff really needs to be worked on. In the NFL, he's going to be called upon to do that. And it's really weird because he played in an offense that he was asked to run block a lot. They, they ran the ball yeah. a pretty fair amount at Penn State this past year and in his time at Penn State. So it just feels a little weird to me that Olu Fashano still hasn't figured it out. If he, at the very least, for the beginning of his career, is just a really good pass protector, that's tremendous value to take him in the middle of the first round. But I wouldn't take him amongst the top tackles, the top three tackles, just because I'm a little bit wary of uh, what he does as a run blocker. So I heard that right. You said number four. Oh, yes. Shiner. Yeah. Wow. You want to talk about something that's going to get ripped up and shreds on Twitter, sir? That is the take right I don't, think, right I don't there. think that's an LA, but he's still a first round grade for me. So it's like, I don't understand what's, I, I, what, you I, know, what's. I, I think it's more that. probably the person that you have right in front of him that we'll talk a little bit deeper on yeah. in a couple of minutes here. But I, I hey, I'm, I'm going to make it easy on Olu. We talked about him a ton. Reminds me of Debrickashaw De- De- Ferguson, who was the former New York Jets first round pick out of Virginia a long time ago now at this point. But he was a stalwart run blo- uh, pass blocker in, during his career with the Jets. Not the greatest run blocker in the world. Olu has tools to be better in that area. But I agree that he does not latch very well, and his not even his angles as much as his his point of contact on the body, his hand placement, his ability to drive his hat through the contact and be able to create leverage on blockers. Very inconsistent. It's just not good right now. But pass blocking wise, I think he'll be a very plus player in that department. He's got great core strength. He's got really good foot quickness. He's got a lot of tools to work with, man. Kid's got a six pack at 300 plus pounds playing yeah. offensive tackle. So he's got all the tools. I agree it's not quite there yet, but I grade him out a little bit higher just because I think that the, the athleticism and the pass blocking upside are just very, very good for Olufashano. Who'd you have at number four? Number four was Mary Smims. See, this is what I was talking about before. Oh, I already I'm, mentioned uh, him. Okay, apologies. Uh, but to be to be fair, we wait. Yes. We in the past have wasted a lot of time coming back to guys and then just rehashing discussions. So I'm just We're trying wasting to, time right now. We're wasting time right up. now. Your explanation. <laughs> your number three. Then take us to number three. Felice Fuaga, offensive tackle, Oregon State, just kind of asserted himself on the Senior Bowl and just kind of checked a lot of boxes for me. I think that this kid at six foot five and seven eighths, three hundred and thirty plus pounds, has incredible power in his profile. Very strong go core, very good foot quickness as well to work laterally. I don't think the flexibility is the greatest in the world, which is probably why he sticks at right tackle long term. But the mm-hmm. hand usage is really good. I. I just think this kid's going to be a pro bowl right tackle on the next level and a guy that could plug and play. Could he play guard as well? Sure. But I think that this kid is a right tackle on the next level. And I think he's a plus plus one long-term out of Oregon state. Yeah. You know that my mouth was a gape uh, because I, I was surprised that he, he wasn't your number two. Um, 
Well, he, he's been my number three for a while, though. We've talked about yeah. that. He's been my number three yeah. for a while. Nothing's really changed. So I love Tulise Fuaga. He is probably yeah. my favorite player in this class. As you said, not the most flexible, but oh my God, is he powerful. But the biggest thing for me is the violence that this guy plays with. And I think where I got the most excited, why I was willing to be all in on him, is because of the way that he showed how good he moves in space and how effectively he can get to the second level. He plays with really strong angles. And I, I love tackles who can get to the second level and aren't just looking for work, but are looking to kill dudes when they see them downfield. There's a number of reps, and I, I shared clips of him a while ago, where he's just popping guys and really just knocking them over, uh, defensive backs, linebackers. I, I think that this is the presence that you need to bring to your team. If you're trying to – if you have a team – and you're picking in the top 10 and you feel like you don't have an identity as an offensive line, this man brings the identity. This man brings sure. the violence to the table and is going to really uh, help solidify how aggressive your team can be because everyone's going to watch him run dudes over. I really think that Fuaga is going to be just a tremendous player in the NFL. And depending on the team he goes to, he might be the like the turnaround piece for a team that badly needs uh, just tackle help at either spot, but yeah. I agree with you. I think this is like Darnell Wright, where I don't want him to play uh, at, at left tackle. I'd much rather he play at right tackle. And I would argue, yeah. I think Fuak is a better prospect than Darnell Wright. Oh, he is. Meaning he, he, could, is. he could go yes. earlier than him in this class. Yes, he is. He's a better player. He might actually even go a little bit lower. Like I wouldn't surprise if he goes top 15, but maybe like 10 through 15 compared to 10 where Darnell Wright went. But I agree with you in the fact that I am very high on Talese Fuaga. Remember who's the first person that told you about Talese Fuaga, Joe? Remember that? Always remember that. But yeah, I don't know who very high on Talese. Um, I'll save us. I'll, I'm going to save us some time again. I'm going to save us some time again because I'm good like that. Okay. okay? Number two is Olu Fashanu <laughs> for me. Already, already rehashed Olu Fashanu. So. Okay. You're such a smart ass. Uh, uh, wait, no, you, you mean number three is is Fuaga for you? I had three for Fuaga. I said I have number two is oh, Fashanu. you you yeah. skipped over my number three. J.C. Uh, well, Latham uh, yes. is my number three. Number three uh, is is J.C. Latham. Look, I, I get where you have concerns because the, like he added a ton of weight. He was 360 pounds this year. Apparently, I really need to know what he weighs into the combine, and I hope that it's not a you know a really bad weight. I like the kid. I like. I, I get that there's issues with with him being heavier and it it maybe hindering his his burst a little bit. But I think for a guy as big as he was, he moves really freaking well. And just like Rosengarden had a bad game against Michigan, and every t yep. team that played against Michigan got exposed. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of other tape that suggested to me that if his body gets refined, that this could be a really good tackle in the NFL. Sure. And I think he's probably more right tackle than left tackle. I think there's a possibility he could play both. But for how flexible he is for that size and the power profile that he brings to the position, I'm really excited. I, I, I see where the ceiling is for a guy like this. But at the same time, his floor, yeah, it's brutal. His floor is really low. This could be a guy that gets drafted yeah. and really, really shits the bed and just does not work out. That's why I understand why you're not as excited about him. But I am a big fan of J.C. Latham. I, I would take him in the top 20, and I think that he could he could be uh, just a really impactful blocker in a couple of years. Maybe somebody who doesn't hit the ground running, but by year yeah. two, kind of like Andrew Thomas, by year two uh, starts to really show some signs of promise.
I think this is our guy that we're going to disagree with, disagree about most in this process, just an overall in a position, I think. I mean, I would kind of yeah. portray it that way. I had Latham at number seven on my list with a second round grade. I am t- I agree with you in the sense of massive frame moves really well for his size. Those things are all true. I agree with you 100%. Three things that have me worried. Well, two things more than anything. One, balance can be an issue at times, which he gets on his heels a little bit in pass protection a, little, a, a bit too much. And he's on the ground a little bit too much for my liking in the run game at times. Number two, penalties. I really think that the penalties are an issue. He's had a lot of penalties over the last two years, man. And a reason for that penalty was my number three was I think that the the hands can get very wide in the run game, especially, and you can play a little bit outside of players' frames, which is going to be a concern from the holding penalty perspective. So I like the talent of J.C. Latham. There are just some drawbacks that make me very, very worried about him. I'm not even worried about the weight as much because he holds 360 pretty well. It's yeah. more it's more the issues that I see with balance, and maybe that's partly due to some of the weight things, but it's balance and penalties is the biggest thing that keeps holding me back from JC. Two is Olu for you. Fuaga was two for me. That means the obvious one here. Joe Walt is number one. You've come to the light. Uh, You've come to the light, Joe. Congratulations. You came here, brother. You came to the light. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, you I've had Olu number been. one before the preseason. You had you had number one Olu. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. It, it was justified. And I, I mentioned this earlier that I felt as though I wanted to see Joe Walt really build out his lower half and add a lot of weight to his to his arms. Like he he kind of yeah. was. He was pretty thin at certain parts of his body. And like, this is a filled out kid now. This is uh, a starting longtime all pro left tackle. Top three player in the class for me. One of the few guys, I have three guys that have top five grades, which basically means this will be an all pro player. Uh, and he fit yep. at that number three spot with a top five grade. Elite player. I mean, the, the guy is at an unbelievable size. And typically with these taller uh, tackles, and we had this with Mike McGlinchey, they're not as flexible. They don't get as low. He does. He plays at an unbelievably low pad level. He is going to be an, an unbelievable player in the NFL. And the length just makes him yep. so good. And on top of that, his technique is phenomenal. There are yep. there really aren't any – there's not really much wrong with a guy like this. And we need to stop overthinking him, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a second. But the guy is an unbelievable football player. I think the overthink happens. I was talking to someone about this yesterday. I think the overthink on Joe Holt Alt has been happening, Joe, because he just is such a good athlete and just so smooth that he makes people think that he's not incredibly explosive because he doesn't have to try all that hard in pass yeah. sets sometimes. Like people keep the one guy on Twitter, and we're not going to dive deep into the person saying and all that type of stuff, right? But they said something like he's going to struggle with speed rushers. And my, 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 thought here and my question was is why why do you think that when was joe alt threatened on the outside track in college if ever like yeah. it just doesn't happen he doesn't get beat you know why because he's long he's a former tight end that has really good foot quickness he makes everything look so easy and to easily paraphrase it because we've spent a million times talking about joe alt this process is about checking boxes six eight three twenty two check improving his body type as far as adding key weight to his frame check former high school tight end foot quickness check 34 plus inch arms probably 35 plus inch arms check uh two and two and three quarter year starter 
for the University of Notre Dame that does a great job historically of producing offensive linemen. Check. Played under Harry Heastan. Check. NFL Bloodlines. John Alt, his father, played with the Kansas City Chiefs as an offensive lineman and is in the ring of honor. Check. What are we doing with this discounting of Joe Alt? Is this the, is it, him and Marvin Harrison are the two easiest evaluations in the 2024 NFL draft, guys. There just isn't much fault here. Could he still get more, a little more dominant in the run game? Sure. Could he still get more powerful? Yes. But we're talking about a 21-year-old player who is the youngest offensive tackle in the 2024 class. Stop overthinking it. Yeah. It's an easy evaluation. Just stop. Yeah, the the guy is unbelievably gifted. I mean, this isn't we don't see guys this big that can move this well. Even if there were deficiencies in his game, these players don't come around often. I think that maybe he needs to add like a little bit more power to his lower half so he can actually drive guys a little bit better and prevent guys from that do get in his chest from popping it back, but He's a great player. If anything, I'd be more worried about him against power rushers because he's not, he's still not as strong as I think he could be. But Joe Walt is an amazing football player and he is going to be a, a top 10 pick no matter what, in my opinion. At Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with cornerbacks, who's going to be our next position group. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.